Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do another film review. This one's going to be for Pixar's newest outing called Turning Red. I'm your host Matthew and we're going to start off spoiler free just like we normally do. We start off spoiler free, take a break and then go into spoilers later on. Uh, so Turning Red, um, let me just read the uh, description here. So it says Maylee is a 13 year old girl who is torn between being her mother's obedient daughter and the chaos of her youth as if that was not enough when she gets too excited she turns into a red panda i would describe it as more sort of when she has heightened emotions whether it's really angry really sad or really sort of like happy and excited and whatnot that's basically how it works so yeah the newest outing from uh from pixar of course a disney studio um i'm gonna easily give this a must see um a 10 out of 10 must see um i thought this film was amazing i thought this film um i'll I'll talk a bit about my sort of personal connection with this film in a minute i want to talk about its general sort of qualities first um this film to me solidifies pixar as the best in the business at being the at uh, animated studios The, the best in the business in terms of animated studios certainly i mean just Hit after hit after hit after hit with with Pixar, and yes, they've they've made some wrong steps now and again, you know, with things like Cars and other things that haven't quite so worked. But more more um, hits than misses, I would say, with Pixar. Certainly, I mean, there's tons of um, Pixar franchises and films that I've enjoyed. You've got this, you've got Luca, you've got Incredibles, you've got the Monsters Inc. films, you've got the uh, Finding Nemo and Dory films, and of course, my beloved Toy Story as well, which you've got four films. Um, yeah, absolutely solidifies to me Pixar as the best animated studio out there. I mean, I already kind of thought that before this film, but this just... I I watched this film and I was like, it's another incredible one. You've also got other pretty good films as well, like Soul, Onward's really good as well, just some sort of recent examples. Um, but yeah, this, this, this is a really beautiful, emotional, um, really well-told story, and... To get into some... There's a whole section I kind of want to do here on its similarities to Luca. um, How I relate to both characters, such as Luca and May. And it's interesting. I never quite thought that, you know, I'd relate to um, uh, a 13-year-old girl who can turn into a panda. Never quite thought I'd relate to that, but here here we are. But that's the brilliance of Pixar. They, They make you feel unexpected things um obviously there's some differences between myself and me but um i just gotta get right into it in terms of lgbtq themes um now what i what i really like that they've done here with turning red um and what they did with luca is they've done a similar story with the same themes but told them with different tools if you will because with Luca it was a case of a young boy who lives underwater who is a fish and he's not allowed to go to the surface because if he gets seen on the surface as a fish it will be bad news basically and there's themes in there in terms of accepting yourself as being different other people not seeing you as a freak or other people not seeing you know other people accepting you and welcoming you and that sort of thing 
So you take that film, which again is like a young kid. I think Luke is about the same age as May in, in this film. But of course that was in, um, you know, that was a young guy who turns into a fish through different... Uh, it's got nothing to do with emotion like you have here with Turning Red. All to do with like if he gets water on him he will turn into a fish. Or if he gets like his arm wet or something his arm will be a fish part of his you know his arm. And you still have those same themes of um, acceptance and those kinds of things. Th th those themes within accepting LGBTQ people and if you are an LGBTQ person accepting yourself there's two elements to that obviously now with Turning Red you do a very similar themed story but you change a bunch of stuff which is where you change obviously from a young boy to a young girl uh, you change the location so you've got a bit of a cultural difference as well you also change the mechanic of how things work which is instead of it being about water being on the character however whatever way you want to describe that it's about heightened emotions and of course may doesn't turn into a fish she turns into a big, big red panda so i i really like how because pixar isn't just repeating what they've just done with luca that, that's really not what's going on there you, you're using the same types of themes you've got a different story you've got different characters um, you've got a different mechanic, not just different mechanic in terms of the animal, but in terms of how it works. This is about emotions as opposed to being under the sea type of thing. And yeah, I, I, as I mentioned in my Luca review, which I believe was like, um, I relate a lot to that. Not in terms of obviously turning into a fish or a panda, but um, in terms of being myself being LGBTQ. Um, and, you know, of course, the journey I've spoken about before, my four-year journey of, you know, trying to come out and all that type of thing. Obviously, you know, that's, diff that's different to what these characters go through, but the themes, that's the important part I'm putting out, is the theme is the same. In terms of accepting yourself, I went on a journey of trying to accept myself as being different to others around me. I went on a journey of how do I see me? Um, do people see me? I mean, the word freak is mentioned a few times in this film. Do uh, what, what do I think about if other people see me as a freak? Um, freak, myself. Um, and all those types of themes. And I really like that. Of course, not everybody's going to be able to relate to that. And that's, that's okay. You don't have to relate to every character that you see on, uh, on screen. I actually saw a um, press review a couple of days ago. It was from a tweet. And I can't remember who the person was. The, the tweet sort of got a bit um, got a bit of traction. And this person was basically saying, like, oh, you know, turning red's really good, da 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 all this kind of stuff. And like, oh, I can't relate, so it's not for me. And other people had rightly kind of pointed out, like, hey, when you were watching Bugs Life, did you relate to the bugs? No, obviously. And again, for me, it's not, it's not like, oh, yeah, I relate to I relate to turning into a red panda. Of course I don't relate to turning into a red panda. Um, somebody else kind of pointed out as well. Um, and they said like. Oh you know. When you're watching Toy Story. Do you relate to being a toy? And obviously not. I do kind of relate to Toy Story in some ways. Because 
I was like Andy somewhat with like imagination, imagination with toys and that sort of stuff. I I I I saw a part of myself in Andy. Um, so obviously that was a bit a bit of a different thing, but still, you you don't have to like. You know, when you're watching, what you when you're watching Monsters Inc., are you gonna look at Mike and be like, mm, "Can't relate to him. I'm not a one-eyed green round monster." <laughs> like, it, it's not it's seeing yourself directly in the character. It's about themes, um, and that's what I'm pointing out here, I suppose. So, I thought that that was a little bit of a silly point in that person's review of like, "Oh, I can't relate because I don't turn into a panda," and it's like, okay, neither can anybody because that's not a real thing. <laughs> But fair enough, you know, if that's what you want to think, um, then that's that's what it is. But, uh, yeah, so, but in terms of, yeah, that's just, I wanted to do a bit of a section here about LGBTQ themes, how I relate to that, um, and why I connected with this film so much um, as well. Again, not with every single aspect of this character's life, but with certain themes uh, within within the character. Uh, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, in terms of other qualities of this film, because I haven't really got anything to complain about in this film. Um, uh, one other, one obviously quite big thing with the film. Uh, this is an hour... It says an hour 50 minutes. The credits rolled at 90 minutes. And then there's a little post-credit scene like 10 minutes up. Um, so there's that. Uh, but in terms of the 90 minutes that it uses... Use them very well. I don't think there's any slow points in this film whatsoever. Um, I think that this film is relatively fast-paced at certain points, but not rushed. There is certainly moments where this character gets to have dialogue, gets to breathe, you know, in between in between bits. It's sort of... You've got, like, big set pieces with this film, and then things will kind of calm down a little bit after that, and then the character will start, like, thinking about what's going on and taking a moment to breathe and processing what's kind of going on and it's really really well paced in terms of that i think as well obviously it helps that it's a short film but you don't need to be a three-hour film um so yeah this is obviously half the length of that type of thing uh characters are great um i mean look it not everybody's gonna be all right with watching you know bubbly excited thrilled teenagers which is what these characters are they are obsessed with this boy band basically i think they're called four star or something um and there's some moments you could look at and be like awkward and not necessarily cringe but a bit sort of like okay then you know they, they are you kind of expect them to act the way that they are um because of their age and who they are and stuff and because they're obsessed with the boy band and that's kind of how young teenage girls would act. Like is is going to be playing music and stuff, and we should go and see them and whatnot. And uh, I won't get too deep into that because spoilers. But um, yes, they're obviously going to be very excited by that. Um, and there's a lot of sort of like them admiring boys. I suppose they get to that type of age again. That's something you can kind of expect. And it the film tells you that those types of things are going to be happening quite early on and it really settles into like hey this is who these characters are so there you go um and i i didn't have any problem i wasn't sort of like oh my god they're they're pining after the boys again kind of thing it, it didn't like i was like yeah this is how they would probably act in this situation um so yeah see so yeah, when i said about like 
I don't relate to obviously every single aspect. That's kind of one of them, obviously. But um, you don't have to fully relate to every aspect of a character in order to enjoy a film. So uh, there's that part. Uh, the characters are great as well. You got the um, the three uh, teenage girl friends of of May. They're quite cool. There's a couple of guys in this film as well who get involved with things. Uh, you got her parents, which are kind of interesting characters. Um, so yeah, I would I would easily give this an absolute must see. Uh, ten out of ten. I think this is a beautiful story. As I said, um, I. I got emotional, I, I didn't like start crying or whatever, but I did get emotional in terms of when certain things happened in this film, uh, like when Wei's getting kind of scared and stuff, and when um, when she's kind of going through those scenes where it's like she's not sure about what this panda thing is or what's kind of going on, and um, yeah, I related to some of those scenes, and it did get me kind of emotional somewhat because again within different context I've been there I suppose um and again it's not just the case of like oh this story has a thing that I've has a similar theme as to what I've written um the pacing of the story is very good the characters are very very engaging so I thought it was all good on 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 those levels so yeah um, one other thing I kind of need to talk about as well, because uh, there's a, there's a bit of a clashing thing going on at the moment. Because I've just talked about obviously Pixar and LGBTQ themes and how great all that was, and my my own personal experience with with all of that and how that relates to the story within this film. Uh, so there is a because I was going to come on this podcast and say thank you to Disney feel seen because they've done it three times now i'll give you i'll give you the examples actually four times they've done it now love victor which is a hulu um original series which is available on star disney plus over here uh that's obviously a show that really really helped me last year in terms of my actual coming out and everything uh so that's a really important thing to me there is the obviously the small scene in eternals um, which obviously the the Marvel Studios film, um, where the two gay characters are kissing for a short time, and that was um that that wasn't as big of an impact as what Love Victor was, but um that made me feel kind of seen and I appreciated that as well. That was a very very small thing, but it was still the importance of that to me. Number three was with Luca and my journey with that film. Um, and me seeing myself within that film and everything as well. And the fourth example, obviously, is this film, which is Turning Red. So what I was going to say, but I can't quite fully say, is thank you, Disney, for doing those. But there's a caveat to that. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about this a bit more next month on the chat podcast. Uh, there's a anti-gay bill that's been signed um, in America by certain Disney executives, which is really, really sad. Um, there's also been an anti-trans one that's been signed by certain people. I don't know if Disney executives are involved in that, but they are involved in the anti-gay bill. Um, so I can't really say thank you, Disney, for making me seen, because some of your executives have decided to sign this thing, which is doing the complete opposite effect. 
Um, and obviously is making it very uncomfortable for LGBTQ Disney employees, which is not what you want. So in this sense, I guess I will thank Hulu, Disney, uh, Marvel and Pixar. Because Pixar are the actual studio that made um, Turning Red and Luca. Also, I suppose I should thank um, one of the most important people within this film, which is the director. Now, I might not pronounce this person's name correctly, so excuse me for that. But Domi uh, Shi, um, thank you for being the director of this film. Thank you for making me feel seen again. Thank you for including these themes in your film. And thank you just in general for making a really great film that I enjoyed. So I just wanted to kind of make all that very clear. This isn't me like, thank you so much, Disney, for everything you've done, because some of your executives aren't doing the right thing right now and um yeah so i can't thank the whole company because not all of you are doing what you should be doing um so yeah but i do need to thank people within the company so not the whole company and you don't blame the whole company i've seen some people this week saying like hey let's like screw disney because a few executives signed this thing well what about the animators of this film what about the writers of this film what about the voice actresses of this film and the voice actors as well in this film and the director of this film. Um, they've done a great job with this. So you can't blame them for what's happened with this anti-gay bill kind of thing. And whatever's going on. So let's not blame the entire company. It's certain individuals within the company. But yeah, thank you to those involved. We're turning red for everything I've just mentioned. So I just needed to uh, mention that as well and kind of clear that up and stuff. So um, thank you to those who did the good job here basically and for doing what you did with this film and i very much look look forward to seeing what pixar does next i'm pretty sure the next film is um well it's another toy story one it's it's uh, lightyear isn't it which i'm very very much looking forward to so anyway that's that's going to end my spoiler free section here there's not too much to talk about too much more to talk about sorry um but yeah thank you to the to the good people at disney and pixar and marvel and hulu for what you've done and uh screw you to the disney executives who have for some reason decided to sign that bill so there you go simply put all right let's move into some housekeeping and then i'll give you a spoiler warning when i'm going to get into spoilers i will see you for that in a minute hi there and thanks very much for listening today i'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links the first of which is our amazon affiliate link that's where you can shop on amazon we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra so whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for kualu and the amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad free versions of entertainment talks podcast and support us along the way you can simply sign up over on our patreon page you can sign up either as a creator or as a patron there's no difference there for the time being and you can get your ad free podcasts over there it's a great way to support us on entertainment talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad free podcasts 
You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, a few podcasts that we've done recently, uh, another United cast episode, a bit of a midweek one, uh, not for a game review though, uh, there is going to be one later today against Tottenham, but uh, I did a United cast episode called Who Should Stay and Who Should Go, the club's in a little bit of disarray in terms of the players needing a bit of a clear out, so I went through the entire team, <laughs> uh, even certain youth players that are breaking through. And I pointed out who should stay and who should go. There was about 35 players in total. And just going through and, you know, in terms of what year their contracts run out, how old they are, how good they actually are as well, that sort of thing. So that was an interesting episode to do. Uh, there will be a review later for um, the Tottenham game, so look out for that as well. Over on the Walking Dead side of things, uh, I, we, uh, me and David are continuing that. We're up to 1111, which is Season 11, Episode 11. We'll be continuing with that weekly on Wednesdays. Uh, speaking of other cool stuff, I did a list called Top 10 Favourite Female Characters, which was, of course, to celebrate this month's International Women's Day. It should still be a month and not a day, but that's a discussion for another time. Uh, there's actually 22 characters in that podcast, but I now, I, I, I uh, settled it down to a top 10, and then the rest is sort of honourable mentions, but... Um, goodness me there were so many cool characters to pick from and that was uh that was a struggle to pick my my favorite ones but that was a good good thing um so that was really good to do as well uh over on the other united cast episode we lost 4-1 to manchester city away from home a terrible terrible defeat um so there's that (laughs) uh over on the other film side of things with dc uh i did a don't skip review for the batman there is a spoiler free section of course at the start as well I enjoyed it, thought it was good, but I landed on a don't skip rating for that. You can hear more of my thoughts on the podcast itself. Uh, Speaking of YouTube problems and other things like that, uh, I did a podcast called Ranting About YouTube Problems, just talking about certain features on a viewer side of things that just don't really work properly or don't work at all. So I decided to do a podcast on that. Um... What else have we got here? I did a podcast called My First ASMR Attempt. A few people had asked me if I wanted to do that. And some people said I had a good voice to sort of do it. A good sort of calm voice to do it. So I thought, hey, I'll try it at least once. I have a lot of respect for the art that is ASMR. So I thought I'd give it a try myself. I don't know if I'll ever do it again. But I thought I'd give it a shot. So if you want to listen to me doing that, you can do so. Uh, also, for last month's, uh, this month's chat podcast episode, which is for February 2022, I talked about how Entertainment Talk did in the month of February and also talked about the situation in Ukraine at the moment. Uh, another Why You Should Watch podcast, this one's for Euphoria, which is, of course, the HBO hit TV show. Just going through, spoiler-free, obviously, talking about who's in the show, what characters, where you can actually watch it, and why it's so good. So I did that episode, and that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org 
and on podcast platforms. I'm now going to get into the spoiler section. If you've not watched Turning Red, which I'd highly recommend you do, so of course, one for all the family, all that good stuff. It's available um, for free, in quotes, on Disney+, Plus, even though you need a Disney Plus subscription. Uh, I think it's got certain cinema releases, but I'm not completely sure. But if you've got Disney+, Plus, you can go and watch it on there. Uh, so I'm going to go into spoilers now. Uh, if you haven't watched Turning Red, um, you're going to want to switch the episode off. Do that in whatever way, shape or form you can. Either pause the episode, mute it, click it off, listen to a different episode, all that kind of stuff. Because I'm going to get into spoilers now. Um, so what do I want to talk about first? There's a lot to digest actually from this film. Um... It's interesting with the... I guess I'll touch on the mother-daughter relationship. That's a really big um, aspect of this film. Because you could argue that... There's kind of multiple stages with the mother-daughter relationship. Because initially it's like... She knows what's going on. We don't know that she knows that. But then we know it when when her dad uh, says... Like, oh, we kind of expected this to happen or whatever. Or we we didn't expect it to happen just yet. So they were waiting for it to happen. Because it's happened to the whole family, as it turns out. Apart from the dad, he didn't turn into a panda, did he? Um, And it's interesting because she is a very, very, very overprotective mother. Like, really, really overprotective and she's like spying on her at school and stuff. And there's sort of two angles to that early part. Which is if she hadn't have gotten herself in so involved. As a point to like being in the um, uh, playground thing or whatever. Because um, she's like hiding behind that tree. And she's like oh did you forget these. And it's a pair of like I think it was um, pads or, or, or whatever it was. Um and then she gets like completely embarrassed. She turns into a panda in the school. Her mum sees. She has to run off. She chases her all the way back home. And she like gets embarrassed in front of the whole school. But they don't quite see the panda at that point. And it's like. There's, there's two ways to look at that. Which is if you hadn't embarrassed your daughter so much early on. You could have probably more calmly avoided the situation. But it's almost sort of like. Because the mum seemed to be like. Oh I didn't think this would happen just yet. Right. I mean I I don't remember them explaining what age her mum first turned into a panda. Because it must have been later than 13 then. Because May is 13 in this film. And it's like, okay, it was either the case where you did think something else was going on. Um, like, because uh, she thinks it's like period pains or whatever, doesn't she? Uh, which, fair enough. Um, but the approach she takes, which is like, I'm going to like, you know, go to their basketball game and go to her school and hide in the car and hide behind the tree is the wrong approach. As opposed to like... If she had just turned up at the school and be like, hey, can I just have a word with my daughter? And then, like, is everything okay? And having a calmer discussion as opposed to spying on her daughter. 
But she has the suspicion that her daughter is turning to, into a panda, I guess. And then it's sort of like... She sort of embarrasses the panda out of her daughter. And then they have the reveal at home. Which is, what, 20 minutes into the film. But the reveal that isn't a full reveal because... They know that that might have happened to her. So... I suppose it is that kind of like... She got so... Ridiculously overprotective of her daughter. That that was her kind of early mistake. And then obviously she says about like... Hey on the 25th you can do... This ritual thing. And then the film kind of kicks on from there. But because she's so overprotective early on... She could have had the risk of... Well... she, She does end up completely humiliating her daughter... Slightly later on with the whole like... Hey... Basically accusing this... I think his name was Devon or something. Accusing her of like... Accusing him, sorry, of like molesting her daughter basically. Of like, hey, you keep your hands off my daughter. And what's this picture and stuff. And Paul Devon, like he has no idea who this girl even is. Because he's like, huh? Who 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 are you? Because um, obviously she's seen her as a customer a couple of times. But she doesn't know her. Um, actually, they make a point in... A fact in pointing out that these girls look at him through the window so they might not have even gone into the shop that much um so it's so it, it it was this interesting thing where she was so overprotective that it that that that's obviously a device early on that's used to push the plot forward to get the mother daughter panda reveal thing done and then it's the case of this back and forth of like her mum saying, hey, on the 25th you have to do this, you have to get rid of this panda, you have to stop turning into the panda as well because it will make the ritual harder, and then her friends who, like, accept her very quickly, which I did really like as well, of like, oh, this is strange, we got a panda, and like, oh, don't worry, we still love you, and then the back and forth between the supportive friends and the, the mother who's trying to be supportive but in the wrong way, I suppose, because she's trying to force things too much, but then they do obviously reconcile at the end of the film where it's like, okay, you want to be this panda, I accept you for who you are. Again, leading into the themes that I spoke about at the beginning. Um, so I thought all those journey were all those different journeys and themes and aspects were really, really interesting. And then obviously later on her mother goes way overboard when she turns into a massive villain panda, which I thought was um an interesting part as well. But it's interesting because it's sort of this this thing that stems through their family's history, right? Because she, the mum had the same kind of journey with uh, the nan, the grandmother, in, in the film. But then they kind of... I, I do really like as well how it's all sort of like... Okay, she does... May does her ritual. She decides to back out of it because she wants to keep the panda because, like people started liking her and her friends like her and I mean I feel really sorry for May in this film at a lot of points because all she wants to do is be seen and this is where I relate to the character on certain levels is like all she wanted to do at some points in this film was like hey I'm this panda some people have actually grown to accept me and like me she's still got her bullies obviously Tyler's a bit of a bully early on and that sort of thing and they make fun of like the pictures that she drew and stuff and it was some of the more hard-hitting scenes for me were when May was in her bedroom 
and she kind of she she feels like she's just sort of done and she's trying to calm herself down and try not to get her mum to discover her and those scenes really hit me again not because I've done that specific thing but because of the theme of what she's going through of like I am this panda I am afraid of like being this big ugly you know freak thing um and accepting herself trying to accept herself but then I love the scene where like her friends try their hardest to help her out and they get through to her and that that was a really beautiful part of that story as well so that was uh that was brilliant um so yeah that was that was very very good uh, and i i some it's interesting because there's such a fine line in this film between the way these teenage girls act and how some of it is like the supportive stuff because one minute they're doing that and then when they win may over in terms of hey we love you we support you yeah what i was trying to explain is there's such a fine line in this film between those scenes with the four girls and they're trying to like say to may hey like you know we love you and and support you and all this sort of stuff with the panda and like hey let's go to this concert thing and that will help you you know us go on this sort of girls trip kind of thing and then when they obviously the the scenes kicking with them being obsessed with these with these boys with with the with the singers and that um and i felt like they they never crossed that line of being uh, of of leaning into the cringer parts of those things um because i i never at one point thought like oh this is really cr- cringy watching these girls like be obsessed with these with these boys um some people would and that's fine but there, There is a fine line there, I think. And I think this film does a really good job of not crossing that line and making this film lean too much into the potentially cringe side of of that. Um, and that that's quite hard to do, actually. That's like, I mean, yeah, I'll have to bring up, you know, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Riverdale that are constantly sort of cringy with, with some of that type of stuff. <laughs> Um, because there's, there's kind of a problem sometimes with doing the teenage slash Y adult, YA adult, um, sorry, the teenage slash YA young adult stories. And when you're leaning into that more sort of, hey, the girlies are being girly, right? And they're obsessing over the boys and like, oh, this one of these is so cute and I like this one and all that type of thing. Um... That that needs to be a huge compliment towards this film because that's very very hard to do, um, and there's a couple there's that's a really really hard thing to get right, um, and I think some people would see some of those scenes and they'd be like, oh my god, look at what we've look at what we've leaned into, um, so big big credit for that. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Um, I mean, I've gone on for thirty five minutes here. Uh, I suppose I could just talk about the the ending now. Really, I've touched upon a lot of the different things: the relationship with the mum and how she. <sighs> well, okay, the the mum's a bit of a sticking point for me. Where it sort of, I think they did the, they did the job right with the character, and my sort of issues with it is not an issue with the character or the story. It's more of an issue of just 
how she goes about being an overprotective mother, but then gets it right in the end, which is the important part. Um, yeah. And it's... Yeah, that was a really interesting part of the film, where, like... Because there's, there's two really big key aspects to this film, one of which is the, the thing I just talked about with the teenage girls and them being obsessed with boys and that sort of thing. You can easily get that wrong. The second part is the overprotective mother. If you don't write that part properly either... Like, if, if one of those two things fail in this film, you're going to get a bit of a domino effect. Um, and they, I think they completely nailed both aspects of them. And sometimes those scenes are combined, right? Like, where um, the uh, friends, like, climb through the window and stuff, and they start talking about this, this party, this uh, concert and stuff, and then the mum comes in, and she's trying to be overprotective again, and... Yeah, those scenes must have been quite hard to, to get right, and they did a really incredible job with that. So, um, but yeah, you have your ending. Um, actually, there's one, there's one funny little moment I want to, just before I talk about the ending. There's one funny moment I want to talk about, which made me laugh a bit, and I was like, okay, film logic, I suppose. So, there's a point in this film where May and her mum are preparing for the grandmother, the nan. The extended family basically to come over and they she sees the panda on the news she knows what's going on right and she's like oh that's may isn't it and we're going to come over and give you all the support and be completely overbearing and all that sort of stuff so there's a scene where may and her mum walk into their uh the area where they the the um garden sort of front area of the house right which is where they do the ritual and stuff now they have a clear shot of the door and how the door is closed and it's clearly very much locked there's a padlock on it the um actual thing on the door is like completely closed and they can hear the family banging on the door right and i'm like oh is there going to be a scene where they're that the mother and daughter are frantically trying to like sort out like okay what do we say to these people and this sort of stuff and then just this burst of light happens and they've opened the door and I was like did they break the door down <laughs> like how did they get in because that door was very clearly locked but I thought that was kind of uh that was kind of funny um you don't need to explain like okay did they actually kick the door down and stuff it's fine but I just thought that was kind of interesting but anyway that was kind of fun um so yeah, the ending, she finally gets to uh, go to this concert, she kind of um, breaks out of the ritual, I really like that scene as well actually, where, because she has to go through this gate type of thing, and she starts trying to f- push herself through this portal type of thing, and she sees the panda on one side, she's on the other side, and then she keeps looking at the panda, and I was like, hmm, is she going to go all the way through, and she she turns back around, she looks at the panda, and straight away I was like, she doesn't want to go through. She wants to be, this is who she, who she wants to be. And she wants to continue on this journey of acceptance. And she's clearly accepted herself, which is fantastic at that point. And she wants to have that panda in her personality or whatever. And she wants to go to this concert and enjoy her time with her friends and finally meet these um, young uh, singers that she's uh, been you know obsessed with and whatnot, and then she breaks her way out of it, and 
decides to there's almost a bit of like a comic book superhero aspect about this film isn't there like the way that um like she's jumping across these rooftops kind of reminded me of like how i think in the first spider-man film the the toby Maguire trilogy when he's kind of hopping over the rooftops and stuff kind of reminded me a bit of that and yeah so she makes her way all there all their way there and they see the boys and they're all you know um do, doing doing their thing with with that and i love the shot in this film of because they do this shot just over the the roof of this place and you see the mum and she's transformed into this i mean she is actually the normal um because they almost when they do that initial shot it's almost as if she's some sort of dark black evil panda version but it was just the way the shadows were portrayed and how the the film wanted you to think that she she's like this villain that's on her way to disrupt her daughter and then of course when she does fully reveal herself she's just a normal looking panda and stuff but that was a very kind of like villainous dark your mum's on the way to to spoil your fun kind of thing and again they resolved it well i mean sure she breaks open the stadium roof that kind of stuff not great um and says to her daughter she's in big pro- in big trouble and whatnot um yeah and uh another moment where i kind of chuckled a little bit because the dad's a little bit like not quite in this film but he he plays his interesting kind of role and i was thinking like oh all the chalk and stuff they've left there at home like they haven't got their circle and then they cut to the dad and he's just got this trolley thing and uh he's just like running around and so, so i think the grandmother says to him like hey have you are you doing the circle he's like i'm on it and he's like running around in the circle that kind of made me chuckle a bit i thought that was a that, that was a, that was a great sort of moment and then yeah they do everything with that and eventually everything gets gets settled um i kind of wondered at one point because the stadium's getting a bit destroyed and i was like where did those young guys go <laughs> and then they just like pop up and start doing their song that was that was pretty cool so yeah a, a brilliant film a really really brilliant film everything sort of settled in the end um which is great i do love the other kind of almost avengers assemble superhero moment where the other i think it's their aunties or her aunties and stuff like that and they're like putting the ring on and one of them gets these little like things out and the, the way they're running forward and they're like doing their transformation and everything like smash the ring and put the other ring on and um there's like the pendants and stuff like that and it was almost this like avengers assemble kind of kind of moment uh and they all obviously turn into their own pandas and stuff and um save the day which is good uh so do i want another one of these films sure sure yeah i i'd like another luca film um i always want more toy story films but obviously we're getting another one soon um because pixar is one that's more likely to do sequels than disney disney's only done like some sequels like frozen and stuff like that but pixar's been known to do sequels uh i'll see three toy story sequels got a monsters inc prequel and a sequel tv show uh got the cars films um that kind of thing so yeah i'd absolutely love to see another one of these films i think that'd be great um i don't know what you see the thing is with luca and with turning red which are two very particular stories i don't quite know how you would hit the same beats as the first film which is like the discovery of the character the journey of acceptance the journey of like others accepting you and i don't know how you do that in a sequel 
but it's Pixar, so I have full trust in them to do anything really. Um, but unless you just go for something different in 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 your next film, that's if they even do a Luca two or a Turning Red two. So we'll see. So yeah, that's my thoughts on uh, Turning Red. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this film. This film, it was easy for them to potentially get this very wrong, but they didn't. And uh, yeah, credit to to everyone involved. Certainly, I look forward to seeing Lightyear in was it June this year, and then seeing what Pixar does next. They they tend to average about two films a year, don't they? So I look forward to seeing um, I guess what they would do what they would do next year. So we'll see. Alright, for those of you that have seen it, hopefully you all have because you're in the spoiler section. Uh, what did you think? Uh, did the same themes touch upon you? If they didn't, did you enjoy this film in other aspects because it's just, in general, a very good film? Uh, did you not connect with this film at all? Did you not like it? Did you like it slightly less than I did? Where are you sitting with um, Turning Red? Uh, what do you think of Pixar in terms of them as a studio? Um, do you think there's any animated studios that are better than them at doing stories and whatnot? I certainly don't think so. I think they're the best of the business, uh, best in the business at animated films um, now, certainly. Uh, so let me know your thought, all your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, that type of thing. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's contact page and information in your show notes. There's also a big email box you can use on the website version of the podcast and a big uh, sorry, a, a clickable email name you can use as well. So use those options, write in, and let me know what you thought. Uh, that's it for that. I really enjoyed talking about this film. I really enjoyed watching this film. Uh, in terms of my next film reviews, I'm looking at the Adam Project. I was going to also review that this weekend, but I, I've got other podcasts I need to do as well, and this is a film review, so um, I'll do that film later. Uh, Sonic 2 is out soon. I think that's 4th of April or no, 1st of April or something. Um, I've not got any interest in immediately seeing Morbius. So don't ex- don't expect a quick review for Morbius or one that's going to be soon. Because if I watch that film, uh, it's not going to be in the cinema. So don't, don't expect a review within like the first month or something for Morbius. Because I don't have the interest for that at the moment. So there we go. Um, yeah, we've got Sonic. We've got... Um, Adam Project, the Ryan Reynolds film, and we've got uh, Sonic coming up soon. That's like the next couple of films I'm I'm looking at, so look out for those. Anyway, in the meantime, if you want to find the other content that we've done, there's a whole bunch of it. You can find it on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcast, so take a look at that stuff as well. If you want to support the podcast and Entertainment Talk, you can, of course, either just listen to more episodes that we've done, uh, you can tell other people that you know about what we're doing and where they can find it. So tell them about you know what we're doing and where they can find our content. Social media, you can of course share the podcast around on those platforms if you'd like to as well. That would be really, really helpful to do those things. Uh, Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, add free podcast review options. Take a look at all those things as well. Uh, for your TV and your film news, if you want to find out <clears throat> the latest TV and film news, uh, for different things, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Uh, Geektown Radio episodes drop on Tuesdays, either on your podcast platforms of choice or on the website geektown.co.uk. Uh, for other fun, cool streams and Tomb Raider stuff, you can also find Bex streaming basically daily over on Twitch. Uh, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, go and give her a follow over there. I've got a somewhat of a settled-ish Twitch schedule um, you can find that over on um, eTalk UK over on Twitch. Go and give me a follow over there. You'll be notified when I go live. 
And if you miss any of those archive streams, you can find those. And the there's quite a few fun like COD clips and stuff like that over on YouTube. You can find that all over there at uh, Entertainment Talk Plays over on YouTube. Go and get yourself subscribed to that. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll catch you all next time. Goodbye, and thanks, Pixar.